passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. That is not a good work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock, you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want, what you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whips your ass. What's going on, brothers and sisters? We are live on tape. And we're coming to you from Theater D, Row J, Seat 7. I am the Godfather Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, the world's favorite pop culture and pro wrestling program dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. All right, everybody on me, watch your doggone footing, because now playing this week, 2005's Doom. Drop the weapons. Oh, there's something behind me, isn't there? I'm not supposed to die. All right, and since every Siskel needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twan, I've got a special guest in the theater this week to discuss Doom. Of course, for those of you that might not know about this picture, Doom is the 2005 documentary about Ron Simmons, Butch Reed, and Teddy Long, produced by Vice. Uh, it's part of the really, really dark side of the ring series. Uh, so in order to 
facilitate this conversation, I had to reach out to the universe to find somebody qualified to talk about this motion picture. And, and, and you know, I, I had a couple people I was talking to, and they said, yeah, sure, we'd love to be on the Rocky Maivia picture show. What, what movie are we doing this week? And as soon as I said Doom, I, I couldn't get a callback, couldn't get a text, a retweet, uh, an email. But there was one man in the universe that stepped up and, and said, I want to be your co-pilot for this episode, Nate. And he is a, a postmark. He is a fan of not only the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, but all of the post-wrestling offerings. And he is, for this week at least, uh, our resident Doom expert. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, brother Jason Chopper, to the show. Jason, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be in the spacious luxury theater here, and I'm more than happy to talk about the masterpiece of modern cinema that is 2005's Doom. Mm, Well, I've got some good news and bad news for you, Jason. The the good news is I think you and I are going to have some fun this week talking about Doom, Uh, but the bad news is, and I just was notified uh, on my phone, uh, the theater is currently under a level five quarantine, so uh, I'm going to have to strip search you. Oh, dear. Luckily, we're on the Internet, and, you know, usually that doesn't require too much effort on either of our part for it. I, I mean, as long as it's consensual, it, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but before we get, you know, deep into this movie and, and, and The Rock's role in this film, Jason, let's kind of take a step back and, and talk about a couple things in terms of what you brought to the table going in to see this movie. Number one. What was your relationship with Doom? You know, the, the, the video game that this movie is loosely based on. Uh, were, were you a fan of the, the video game back in the day? Was I? Well, I remember the first connection that I had with Doom is probably something that a lot of fans of Doom did. I got the shareware disc of Doom and played it on, I want to say, my dad's work computer until we got our own computer. And ever since then, I've found a way to, again, play probably every game in the series. Mm. Uh, it's been something that, again, turned me from your basic Mario Brothers Nintendo nerd into the PC gaming nerd who is still not very good at any of those games and has got to play on easy mode from now on because I've got too much stuff going on. Uh, even around this time, I believe... Doom 3 had come out the year before, and so I was pretty excited to get what I thought was going to be an excellent film based on a video game that is (laughs) probably one of the most influential. And I say that because there's been several books that have been great that have been written on the history of of id Software and the Doom series itself. There's a lot of drama. Yes, because I do think after we get through talking about this film and after I'm assuming the postmarks out there that are following along with the series or watching these films, they might need a book as a palate cleanser uh, for this I, film. Uh, speaking of palate cleansers, uh, there is actually another Doom movie coming out very soon. Wow. I believe it might be straight to DVD. And uh, Bethesda, which is the gaming company that now owns Doom in the franchise, uh, they have disavowed it. So that's going to be a very interesting possibly sequel to this podcast that we could do if you're down for it and things go well. I think it depends on not if we're down for it, if The Rock is down for it. Oh, no, no. He is we'll most assuredly bit, not. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit later about The Rock and his feelings 
uh, looking back at this movie because this is one of the few movies where he's actually had something critical to say uh, about one of his films. So, so that'll be interesting. But speaking of The Rock, Jason, we talk about your relationship and your experience with the video game Doom. What was your relationship with The Rock as an actor? Because obviously as wrestling fans, you know, we know this is one of the biggest characters in the history of the sport, a larger than life figure. Uh, were you on board with The Rock when he first started making his way into Hollywood? Or was it a situation kind of like Hulk Hogan, where you you thought this was just a quick cash grab for the guy? Um. I was kind of excited for him to be trying to make it in Hollywood. You know, I was still heavily on team WWE when it, you know, back in the day. And I was kind of thinking, Oh, you know, it's cool that he's the Scorpion King. It's cool that, you know, he's going to be in an action movie. He might be in, there's even Schwarzenegger passing the torch to him (laughs) or so they say. Uh, But really, I think now I've kind of not been the biggest fan of his movies and it's not for any kind of quality because he's probably gotten a whole lot better. It's just that I guess that ship has sailed when it comes to being a fan of the rock. But again, my brother keeps telling me who's a bigger fan of the fast and furious movies. Hey, you know, uh, guardians of the galaxy. It's just like the fast movies, you know, it's about family. And I'm like, okay, let's, uh, Let's take it easy there, champ. Let's give me, give me a, <laughs> let me find it on my own way right now. But uh, as for Rocky Maivia's films, you know, one thing that I did was I always got excited when a new one popped up in the dollar theater near my home mm. and I was able to watch it and throw my pennies onto the box office, which was long since probably underperforming, which really made me sad because, you know, at the time I wanted him to succeed, but we're going to get to, reasons why i think that didn't happen as we further in the review and i think i have a good point to bring up for that yeah and i think the the rock's career is very interesting which is one of the reasons why i wanted to do this series in chronological order because you see you know he comes out of the gate with a big success with the scorpion king then he kind of falters a bit and then there's a period where it, it almost could have been over for the rock before we get to you know kind of phase two of his career where he's in G.I. Joe and the Fast and the Furious movies. And we kind of get a guy that is on his way to becoming the biggest star in Hollywood. So stuff like Doom is is very interesting when you look at kind of the arc. And that's a word we might use a time or two in this review. The (laughs) arc of uh, Rock's career. I was thinking here that Phase 2 started properly with the Tooth Fairy, but um, I'm more than willing to let you make the decisions on that aspect. (laughs) Hey, I'm trying to cut Rocky some slack, man. Everybody yeah. has to do, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make a paycheck. He was a, a struggling actor out here in Hollywood, man. Uh, but let's talk about the the time frame that this took place in. Of course, you know, this movie came out on uh, October 17th in 2005. And, and that was a very different time, Jason, than it is right now today. So it's time for one of my favorite segments of the program. That's right, folks. It's time. For the time warp. All right, so Doom, like I said, was released on October 17th of 2005. Jason, do you know what song topped the Billboard singles chart that week? Well, I didn't want to cheat and look this up because, again, I want to do this naturally. Uh, but honestly, I do not. I'm going to just, I want to guess 
something by Beyonce. Mm. That's a safe bet, but I could be wrong. And this it, this really sucks because uh, part of the reason for wanting to review this film was I was the arts and entertainment editor for my college's newspaper. So I should know these things, but <laughs> I don't. So And you may think, oh, well, if you don't remember college, that means you had a good time. No, I'm going to say no, that's not true at all. So why don't, why, why don't you hit me with the facts? Yeah, so anybody that uh, caught last episode of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show where we reviewed Be Cool knows that Mariah Carey was dominating the singles chart at the time. And this song this week was the track that knocked Mariah out of the top spot and began a 10-week reign at the top of the charts from the album Late Registration. Kanye West and Jamie Foxx doing his best Ray Charles impression, Gold Digger. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head. Yeah, that is. I'm not surprised because, again, I was all about the arts and entertainment section of my college's newspaper, and there was this one guy who wrote really glowing reviews of Kanye West, and I was like, hmm, uh, I'm not a big rap book guy, but I should probably give that a listen. And yeah, so you know, no surprise that he was at the top now. Were you a fan of Kanye? Uh, especially, I mean, Kanye is a controversial figure, if you will, but if I look back at those first three albums, uh, College Dropout, Late registration, graduation, like those are some of the best rap and hip hop albums of that time frame, irregardless of Kanye kind of becoming a caricature of himself years later. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, again, I'm. This is going to be a very unwoke thing of me, but I was kind of a metal and rock guy until probably grad school when I kind of stop thinking oh well the genre divisions really don't matter that much anymore it's just so, so what whether... you're saying is the the doom soundtrack really spoke to your heart we will get to that <laughs> i have things to say about that but uh it wasn't until grad school that i really started getting into that i think the the one with the uh, I, i'm sorry i can't remember i'm not i'm not caught up on the kanye discography right now but i will say that it wasn't around until you know grad school that I did really get into it, and I remember thinking, yeah, no, that he makes a lot of great music. And one time I saw that book by his mom called Raising Kanye, and I'm thinking, okay, this guy, this guy's something. So there you go. That's my connection with the Gold Digger song, which again, I, as the kids say, it it slaps. Even... <laughs> it's a bop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still a good song. Like I, I know yeah. it, it's 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 kind of trendy to hate on Kanye and a lot of that he brought on himself. But yeah, he he made some good music back then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so that is the time warp. Now let's get into the stats of this movie, Doom again, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Rosamund Pike, Carl Urban. It was directed by. And I'm gonna kill this guy's name. Uh, and Andrews Bart Bartkowiak Bartkowiak. Yeah, that's that's close enough. That's close enough. Uh, 
Screenplay by David Callahan and Wesley Strick. And, of course, it was based on the video game Doom uh, by id Software. All right. The budget for this movie was $60 million. Brother Jason, do you know the box office for Doom? Well, based on my vague memories of seeing this around the week it came out and how there was probably only myself and a few other people in the theater, I'm going to say significantly lower than that, maybe 40, 50 mil. Mm. That is a very good guess because Doom made $56 million, a certified box office bomb. Well, couldn't have happened to a nicer movie, I guess. <laughs> yes, and, and, and again, this is a unique movie because it's one of the few, might be the only movie, where Dwayne Johnson has publicly made less than flattering comments about it. In a 2009 interview, The Rock described this film as an example of trying and failing to do a good video game adaptation and that it was a cautionary tale for other movies for what not to do. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree because uh, there's several ways that you can make video game movies. Most of the ways are bad. I mean, but sometimes they can cross into that Street Fighter, so bad it's good territory, which makes it a cult classic. I will say, though, that there are very few ways you can do a, good, a video game movie good. Uh, just this weekend, myself and my partner took our daughter to see Detective Pikachu. Oh, and while okay. And while both... Me and my partner thought, hey, this was a fine movie. This was okay. It was leaps and bound a better adaptation than anything we'd seen. Our kid loved it. And the thing about these movies is that you have to embrace that theme. You have to embrace, embrace the motifs of a movie, of a video game. Take, uh, take like Mortal Kombat. I don't know. Did you ever see the Mortal Kombat film? I've seen both of the Mortal Kombat okay, films. Well, I've seen <laughs> one and a half Mortal Kombat films. And, you know, the, whereas in Street Fighter, I'd say kind of shot, it, it didn't really embrace what it was. The Mortal Kombat films did. And they weren't great, but they were fine for what they were. Mm. And, I would say that this movie couldn't even have managed the fine for what it was, even though my past self, which I will refer to in a bit, <laughs> thought that was the case. But no, I, I had a good deal of arguments with friends and the brother I mentioned about the quality of this film. And hopefully we will <laughs> dig up some of those wounds in the review. Okay, so basically the, the plot of this movie, as, as it were is we're in 2026, and we've got a portal on Earth that leads to an ancient city on Mars. Uh, I'm not going to go through every plot point, but uh, we've got the doctor, uh, Dr. Carmack, who is sending a distress call to a group of space marines led by The Rock. And uh, mm. I'm going to refer to these people by their real names because I, I just watched the movie this weekend, and I don't even remember... Outside of Sarge and Reaper, I don't don't remember who any of these oh, guys. Oh, I, I do got copious amounts of notes here, so don't worry, I can help you with their nicknames. So before I start, I do want to say uh, Carmack is a reference to, I believe, uh, John Carmack, 
mm. uh, one of the creators of Doom. So oh, okay. they're, they're kind of trying. And there's a lot of those little Easter eggs that don't really go anywhere in okay. this film. Uh, but in regards to the character's name, so you can't remember him. You remember Sarge and you remember Reaper. Uh, you, I don't know how you could not remember names like The Kid and Pinky <laughs> and Portman and Goat. Oh. So there yes, we go. the the, uh, the the Space Marines, or as I like to call them, the one-dimensional crew. Yeah. Because yeah. we had like the, the, the kind of sleazeball guy who I believe, that was Portman, right? Yeah, Portman. We, we had the kid who was basically like the kid. He was like 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. We and had... With a name like the kid, you know, he's he is most assuredly not going to live for the rest <laughs> of the movie. And we had Duke who was like the black guy who, I think if this were a movie with a bigger budget, would have probably been LL Cool J. Uh, I, I noticed that uh, there, I think I want to say that we got a dime store Terry Crews and yes. a dime store. Oh, uh, I forget the guy from Pulp Fiction. I can't remember his name. Uh, Marcellus Wallace. Oh, uh, Ving Rhames. Yeah, the dime store Ving Rhames, but not to top the dime store rock performance that we got in this film. <laughs> uh, who else do we have? We had a. Uh... We had the religious guy. Goat. That was goat. Okay, religious guy was goat. Uh, and I'm trying to think, was that all was is that all of our space marines? <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, that, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we've, already, like... we've already given them enough character. We gave them more characterization now than what was in the film. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was also Mac, the, the who well, I think the first to die in the film. Okay, yeah, okay, that was Mac. Uh and then the other main character for this film is the doctor of uh, Reaper's sister, who yeah. is uh, Rosman Pike's character. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to point out about both uh, Rosamund Pike and uh, Reaper, I'm just terrible with names, I apologize, uh, but they were both, they're both great in other films. You know, mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike was terrific in Gone Girl. Which yes, yeah. I don't know why we're talking about a better movie than the one we're supposed to be. I know exactly why we're talking about a better movie than the one we're supposed to be reviewing. And uh, Reaper was great in, in the dread remake from a few years ago, both excellent casts and the rock is, can be great, but I want to point out something that I think explains why he was doing this. Cause a quick question did you get a very rock vibe from this performance? No, this, this, and one of my big flaws with this movie, and there's, there's a few of them that I have written down, but one of the biggest flaws is they found a way to not let the rock be the rock. Yeah. It felt like anybody could have played this role, but we, we got the rock here and they kind of stripped him of his charisma, which is one of his biggest strengths. Yeah, uh, one thing that I wanted to note about it is, and this was brought up on another podcast I listened to, but there was a time when, and I don't think the, I think the Rock has mentioned it, how his agents told him, okay, you don't want to be the Rock, you want to be Dwayne, and so he did a preview for one of his movies, and he was all like, "Hey guys, DJ here, and I just want to tell you about my movie coming up," and his career was really kind of to pardon the pun, drifting away from success. And 
it wasn't until he fired the agents who said, hey, don't be the rock, that he actually started succeeding in mm. his choices. So I think we got, we didn't get the rock in this film. We got the height of Dwayne Johnson in this film. And Dwayne Johnson cannot carry a terrible conversion yeah. from video game screen to, you know, film screen. Yeah, he's not to that point yet where he can lift up the the the, the movie just by the, his own ability. He'll yeah, get he... there in, in future movies, but I think at this point, A, he's trying to be taken more seriously as an actor, like you said, but B, the material around him is just so so kind of tropey. Like, this feels like somebody had a, a script line around for a Predator remake or an Aliens remake. I want to say that this film feels like one of the Resident Evil films from that era, or it was yeah. trying to be like that. It wasn't like the... I'm not... Are you familiar with Uwe Boll? Very, very uh, tangentially. Yeah, he, he made a whole lot of uh, terrible video game adaptations, you know, for House of the Dead... Blood Rain, Alone in the Dark. And these were basically just tax write-offs in Germany. Okay. So hence why he, people kept giving him money to make these films. This film was above that, but that's because it was trying to rip off the Resident Evil films, mm. and it was not really succeeding. Now, I will say in regards to The Rock's performance, and I have my college arts and entertainment review section of the video game doom which is you know why i booked you to come on here and review it because <laughs> i reviewed this before you know time is a flat circle and all uh but i said that it was it, he was like the rock but more sweary and i'm wrong he was not like the rock yeah he, he was just more sweary in this regard. <laughs> yeah the, and we'll, we'll talk about the the kind of third act heel turn quote unquote uh in, in, a, in a bit but the good think, part of the movie. Yeah. I think one of the things that made this movie feel less than it could have been, because I do think there's a good movie in here somewhere. Jason. Yeah, I agree. But I think they're playing so paint by numbers in terms of what a video game or a, a sci-fi horror type of thriller would have been back in 05. Like, it feels yeah. like a lesser version, like we were saying, a Resident Evil or... Uh, a movie like Event Horizon. Like, it's a lesser movie than those, but it still tries to follow the same beats. Yeah, one of the things, one of the big problems here, and hopefully Mr. John Pollock will under will appreciate this reference, uh, but they, they moved the Doom f franchise, they moved this film from being, I want to say infernal, from being demonic, to mm. being just about... Mutants and kind of zombies, and yes, there are we, some. We discovered a twenty-fourth chromosome for some reason. <laughs> yeah, which is not how chromosomes work, but <laughs> whatever, it's cool. Uh, we have other things to complain about. Uh, but uh, Mr. John Pollock plays Magic the Gathering, and in Magic the Gathering, uh, they had a little some controversy because there were again there was demonic imagery in some of the cards. Parents uh, complained, and they took that imagery out. But, you know, they just redid the art for the cards, and no big deal. In this film, because all of the other Doom video games and fiction and everything, all of it is tied to fighting the forces of hell. Mm -hmm. I don't see how something can be considered demonic if, 
and I believe one of the original creators of the video game said, hey, who was a big uh, Christian, he said, hey, I'm not, I don't feel bad about making this video game because the demons, they're the bad guys, and you're taking care of them. Right. This was not what they did in the film. This was the thing that, pardon the pun, doomed this film to failure because they did not embrace that theme of mm. good versus evil. It, it felt like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too in that this is a video game adaptation and we do get that first-person shooter scene that we see later on. Mm -hmm. But everything else felt like we don't want to go so far into, you know, embracing the, the, the source material. It felt like they were almost ashamed of the source material except for that one scene. Just like uh, Dwayne was ashamed of being The Rock. <laughs> so what you're saying is there's a metaphor here. No, nah, I don't think they uh, I don't think they put too much thought into that. <laughs> well, here's something interesting that I did find, uh, Jason, when I was doing some research for this particular review. Did you know that originally The Rock was offered the role of Reaper? I think I did hear that. Yeah, Rock was originally offered the Carl Urban role, but he chose the Sarge role. So do you think this movie would have been better had those roles been reversed or would it have been pretty much the same? Uh, I'm going to have a, con a controversial take right now. Uh -oh. And I, I did want to ask you something, and it's regard to uh, Reaper and his sister. Now, I know they made the joke early on about, oh, hey, they're siblings, but I kind of got a more icky vibe than that. Mm. I don't know if that's just me, uh, and I, I hope it's not me because that says a lot bad about me. But if it would have been the rock in place of Reaper, I don't think there would have been that chemistry between uh, Reaper and his sister that I think is probably one of the stronger relations in the film. And so, yeah, no, I don't think that. I think Dwayne made the right choice, but for the wrong reason. I would tend to agree because I, I think that Given the restrictions of this movie and the script, it had been different, but I don't think it would have been demonstrably better or demonstrably worse had they switched roles. Yeah. I think it would have been the same, just different. Uh, and, and when you talk about the relationship between uh, Rosamund Pike and, and Carl Urban, uh, it's... It's interesting because she's doing something, and she's a great actress, like you talked yes, about. Yes, yeah. But I don't know if it's the accent or the, 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 the words they're having this woman say, but she doesn't feel like a fully formed character, which I guess is kind of par for the course for this movie, even though I do think her and uh, Carl Urban are doing their best to try to uplift the material. Yeah, it's like there was uh, one sentence of directions, like your brother and sister, and like, okay, I guess we'll we'll work with this. We'll build something around it. <laughs> and The Rock would have been, well, they're brother and sister. That's boring. I don't, I don't want to do this. Give me the, give me the Sarge guy. He's the one. He's mm. the one. So real quick, you talk about career choices. Did you know what film Rosman Pike turned down to do this movie? Oh, uh, no, I, I do not know. Just a little, small, tiny indie film called Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. 
Wow. I mean, talk about, I'm sure there would have been butterfly effects that just changed the current world that we're in. I mean. So, so, yeah, because she could have been making that Hogwarts money, and I I don't know what role she was up for, but I'm guessing maybe it was. uh... Actually, now I think I might have, I think I remember reading something about that. I think she was supposed to be Rita Skeeter or something. Okay. So, so if we switch her out and, and, and put her in Harry Potter. And take Rita's actress, actress, and put her in Doom. Is that movie better? <laughs> yes, no, definitely. Uh, the actress who plays Rita Skeeter, she is great, and I think she would have, she would have saved this franchise. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the shot. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 wrap up the the, the plot as it were, because because it's, it's it's a very thin plot. You know, we've got the the uh, discovery of. C24, this 24th chromosome, which I guess is also like this sentient chromosome, Jason, because for some people, it turns them into monsters. And for others, it gives them superpowers, question mark? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm going to reinforce this. That's not how chromosomes work. Uh, They don't create, generate energy to make people into demons or make them into superheroes. That's a totally different film. And there's probably a, another computer game that they could have done that does do that. Um, but yeah, it's, I like the design. I, I like how it turned them into certain uh, doom monsters. You know, mm. you had uh, the imp. Those are the ones, the stairs, the ba- the first real demony bad guys you encounter in the video game. So that was cool. I hated that they turned the quote-unquote pinky character, which is another Easter egg, to the pinky demons, which are very badass when it comes to the video game. Mm. And, and they just gave the most whiny character that transformation, which doesn't make any sense. So uh, if the 24th chromosome turns people into demons... It's very bad at doing so. But then this is a very bad film. So that's par for the course when it comes to that. So was was a uh, Pinky, was that the one with my man in the wheelchair the whole time? Yes, yes. Okay, I mean, yeah. He I know he was kind of playing it like a kind of a scary whiny character, but I think he did a good job as his character. Had he not turned into the Pinky Demon, I think it would have been great. But yeah, I guess we'll uh whatever. I, I will say that this all this film also suffered from what I want to say uh, the X Men school of costume design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the in the first X Men films, uh, did you read the X Men comics when you were uh, younger? Yeah, yeah. So they had these really cool, poppin', colorful costumes, and they turn them into biker leather. Yep, in straight black film. leather because we don't want to be yeah. too comic booky. Yeah, well, they did that here with all the Marines, the mm. quote unquote, the Doom guys. You know, sure they have your stereotypical uh, video game armor, but they also have different colors. So I think it would have been cool if they just had them different colors instead of the the, the biker leathers. You know, that's something that could have very easily it would have connected with we humble video game fans who don't nitpick at all when it comes to these adaptations. <laughs> uh, this, you know what I've got some positives I think I've got some positives about this movie that I want to express Jason but I feel so beaten down by this movie that I'm going to implement a brand new segment 
Oh, on to the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. I'm, 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 fantastic. I'm, I'm allowing you to be here for the debut of this new segment. You know, if, if you've heard me on any of these post shows or, or any other podcasts, you know one of the people I love the most in this world, the most on planet Earth, is that man called Sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so from now on, on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, whenever a movie gets too bleak, makes me feel too down, I'm going to implement a segment that I'm going to call a moment with that man called Sting. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the debut, the first time. I'm going to hit this red button right here in the theater, and let's have a moment with the man called Sting. Right, that see now now I'm back, Jason. Now I feel like we can continue with with the second half of this show and have some fun with this movie. And, and I'm actually ready to give you three positives about Doom that that I took away from this last time I watched the movie. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give three positives as well. So why don't we just uh, alternate between them? I, I like the way you're thinking. So the first thing I liked about the movie Doom is the use of practical effects. Okay, yeah, no, I. I agree. They, I think this was before CG just took over everything. So yeah, the monsters were well done. The costuming, it, it was good. It was good. I, just, I think I, a worse, and it's it's almost hard to say this, Jason, with a straight face, but I think a worse movie, maybe one of those Uwe Boll movies, would have lent heavily on the rudimentary CG at the time, and it would have looked even worse. They most assuredly did. I say this as someone who's seen too many of those films uh, in the dollar theater that I would have seen Doom in had I not had to write a review of it. Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm totally going to be that guy. And I'm saying, okay, yeah, the practical effects were good, but one thing that I had a problem with for this movie, and it might have been that I was watching it on my iPad for the most part, uh, it was just very dark. Yes. Yeah. So. They had great practical effects. They had great monster design, which, yeah, I'll totally agree with you, and I'll give something uh, another positive so I'm not stealing your thunder, but you couldn't see anything. And that I don't know if you're familiar with the Game of Thrones series that is currently uh, sparking the world <laughs> or <laughs> causing I, I, all... I might, have, I might have heard about Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, in the third episode of this season of this current season everyone's complaining about oh hey it's it's real dark it's yeah. real dark and yeah i got the same from now on you know i'm gonna call that well they they had the doom problem because i don't want to i want to give this movie more credit for being they, they use the doom filter yes they use the doom filter uh but <laughs> yeah good thing good thing that i liked about this and it's not going to sound like a good thing at first until i explain it uh but the soundtrack of Doom mm. was a was a ripoff of the Doom music in the video game. Now you're thinking, ripoff? How's that good? Uh, that's because in many of the Doom games, the tracks were themselves ripped ripped off of heavy metal songs. Oh, so, so it's like a like an inception of a soundtrack. 
Yeah, no, so uh, they were able to get a good simulacrum of what you would be hearing if you were playing the Doom game. So that's one good thing about it that I will say. Okay, so my next good thing is probably the thing this film is remembered the most for, Jason. Uh, and that is the first-person shooter scene. It's, <laughs> it's a little, like, I think when I first saw it back in, in 05, it looked a lot more impressive than it did this past week when I watched Doom. Uh, but I think, you know, you kind of have to accept and appreciate the, the limits of the time, technically speaking. Uh, but I thought for what it was and what they were trying to do, it was the one scene that stood out, the one scene that felt different and unique, and they actually had an idea other than let's use some recycled scripts from other movies. Uh, I will agree. Past Jason will agree with you. <laughs> he thought that the first-person shooter scene was cool current Jason does not agree with you. And I don't know how much you want to disagree about this or not. Okay, but I will... I'm interested to hear what, what, uh, what uh, caused the, the change in, in your thinking from past Jason and, and current timeline Jason. Okay, well, uh, and this is me looking at it with a more critical eye. Or uh, I did, And backing up to when I, wanted to, when I was asking you to review this movie, uh, I remember liking this film, and then I watched it, and I'm like, oh my God. Why? How could I? What's okay? I've probably grown more mature since between now and then. Uh, but I think the the kicker for why I didn't like the FPS scene was I will say that the FPS scenes improved the lighting. It was dark, but the ambient lighting really made it seem like a video game. However, I was on board until there was the pinky fight scene. Ah, and. Again, pinky demons, the first time you encounter them, uh, they're kind of scary, but you just know you fill them with bullets or you get the chainsaw and they go down very easily. Super pinky from the Doom film, it took a while to be. So I think even <laughs> though we're, we're supposed to believe that super pinky can beat up Carl Urban, but the rock is going to put him over. I don't know. It's just... Sorry to get ahead of myself, but yeah, that's something that it just that unraveled the whole spool right there. I, 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 I mean, it's like 50, it. it's 50 50 booking, Jason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, the the rock was always good at putting people over, but that pinky guy, he he always wanted to get Triple H's shovel. Let's say pinky was to be fair, pinky was the Triple H of the Doom franchise, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, a good thing, I guess, I'll say about it, if I can find it in my notes. Um, okay, uh, the twist, mm. uh, the, uh, which, again, I say I have the twist here is fine. Um, I'm guessing when, by twist, I mean the heel turn of yeah, the Yeah, because for, for those that have not watched this movie, I don't know why you wouldn't uh, give yourself that experience. It's wonderful. I, I, I can think of a few reasons that will probably be elaborated on in this podcast. <laughs> uh, but The Rock Sarge is the leader of the Space Marines, and he's pretty much a stand-up guy through most of the picture. But we get to a point uh, about midway, almost third act of the film, where uh, they have to go back to Earth uh, from Mars. And it turns out that the people on the Earth 
Are they are they on Earth or are they on Mars? No, I think they're, they're still hiding in the thing. Like, okay. And uh, the the scientists at the base have been infected with C twenty four, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and so uh, Carl Urban and his sister, are like you know, maybe we can reverse the effects. Maybe we can you know save these people. And the Rock out of nowhere is just like, no, everybody's got to die. And <laughs> I think the kid, because the yeah. kid's like, hey, no, you know, we shouldn't do this. And the Rock straight up murders this nineteen year old, twenty year old kid. And it's like, anybody else want to want to have a mutiny? And like, oh, okay, yeah. we're doing this now. Well, okay, so again, it wasn't, there was no foreshadowing at all that he was going to go heal Dwayne. However, if you are a fan of the Doom franchise, as which is the reason why I'm here, uh, the Space Marines, we'll call them, were for the, for, were for UA, UAC, the United Aerospace. Base Corporation or whatever it's called. Uh, they weren't good guys in any of the films or any of the games. Mm. Uh, and the Doom guy, who I'm guessing Reaper is supposed to be an XB for, uh, he went against Sarge's orders in doing oh. in the video See, game. I, so, I didn't know that, yeah, because I've, I've played the Doom game, but, you know, just kind of like at a, at a friend's house or yeah. at a party, and uh, I, I didn't know the backstory of Doom. Yeah, no, uh, he... Uh, he didn't follow orders. He got put on leave, and that's why he was able to come back and save the world. Uh, in Doom 3, I believe there is there is a character named Sarge who does turn bad. So if you had played the game, you would know, okay, well, he's a bad guy. But if you didn't play the game or you forgot about all this stuff, you would be like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't see that happening. But well, so, that, again, so what you're saying is that was our fault as a society for not looking at the source material. Yes, yes. But I think it was, again, a pretty obnoxious for a turn but it it brought good tension to the film and it put a face on who you want to root for and who you want to boo so you know that's a good thing uh one thing i will say is that this so one reason why i wasn't the biggest rock fan is that i'm still bitter from when he took the belt from cm punk <laughs> And there was a twice-in-a-lifetime WrestleMania main event. That being said, when he goes all ECW in the final fight scene, wraps that wire, that yeah. steel around his arm, that's pretty freaking cool. And <laughs> he really looks great as a demon. Well, quote-unquote demon. Yeah, I was we'll going to say, is he really a demon, though? Yeah, is he uh, yeah, furthermore, I'm going to say that his striking game is a lot better than CM Punk's. So, yeah, maybe he should have won the match. So uh, I'd like to take this time to apologize for all those tweets I did that have been deleted complaining about The Rock winning because in an actual fight, he probably would win against CM Punk, which we have ample proof for. So, yeah, that's the good thing. This made me a believer in Rocky's toughness. Okay, okay. Gave him a little bit of credibility. So, yeah, right. so you're third. You're third. So my third thing, Jason, is it kind of ties into the uh, FPS scene because I know this wasn't intended to be this huge laugh line, but for me it was, uh, both in 05 and this past week. And I think if the movie were more like this, I would have enjoyed it more. And that is when we think The Rock is getting uh, snatched away to his death, and he looks at the camera. I'm not supposed to die. 
Yeah. And it yeah, gets that was... away. And it's this this weird movie of kind of uh, a meta uh, view of this film. And I think if they if they kind of lean more into maybe the campiness of it and the we know we, we can kind of play around with the tropes of horror movies or sci-fi movies, I think it might have been a better film. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point because uh, I remember finishing one of the Doom games uh, with cheat codes because I wasn't good at video games back then. <laughs> and, you know, at the ending, I think, I don't know if it's Doom 1 or Doom 2. Well, in Doom 2, uh, the final boss is one of the creator's heads on a pike. So, oh. yeah. But uh, in Doom 1, you take out all the demons, you finally go home, and you find Earth has been ransacked, turned into a literal hellscape. But what's worse is that they killed Doom Guy's pet bunny. And now he needs revenge. So yeah, no, that's that's fine. They should have totally leaned into that. It would have made for a better film, but I don't think anyone knew that that was a thing because I'm not sure how big irony was in 2005. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's my that's my thing, and, and the kind of an overall thing about Doom. Like if there's a good movie in here somewhere, you just have to kind of work with it and, and change some things around. But there there could have been a good movie. Back in 05. Yeah, and uh, my third thing is something, again, I've made no hiding the fact that I'm a big video game nerd, but I'm also a big uh, tabletop role-playing game nerd. And there's one rule that you, ne- that you always follow that this movie is a good example of why you should follow that rule, and it's never split the party. And mm. what do they do a whole bunch in this film? <laughs> so, yeah, this is a good... Example of never split that party, always stick together, watch your six, and all other types of uh, cool phrases that I have no business saying. You know what else is a cool phrase, Jason? What's that? BFG, the big fucking gun. It, it, it's iconic to the Doom mm-hmm. franchise. You knew it was going to be in the movie. The Rock goes to pick it up, and we see on the screen, it's the BioForce gun? Yeah. Yeah. That's... So... <laughs> Uh, if we're going to describe the film as a, as a wall or some kind of structure, you know, the cracks kind of forming as we see more and more, you know, bad jokes, uh, poor characters, them calling it the BioForce gun is just a big tear in the space-time continuum. They're saying, oh, we don't care about what it is. This is what we say it is, and you're going to like it, or you can just leave, and... A lot of people probably left. <laughs> and not only did they change the name, but then I think he shoots it twice, if, I, if I'm correct. Yeah. And neither time is it really that effective. No, it's... Uh, for those listeners who aren't familiar with the video game Doom, uh, the BFG-9000 is one of the more, more powerful weapons in the Doom games. It can take out a whole bunch of the demons... No problem. You know, you shoot it, it loses a whole... It doesn't have traditional ammo count. Like he said, oh, I only have one shot left. That's not how the BFG works. It There's multiples of like 60%, whatever. Anyways, uh, and you shoot that, everything in the vicinity dies. I don't think anything in the vicinity died when it got shot. So yeah, you in are fact, correct. At the end when Rock's, uh, when he's heel turn Rock, mm-hmm. he shoots the BFG at, at Carl Urban and Carl Urban just does like a little Barry Sanders juke and the, 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 the blast goes behind him and there's no residual effects of it. 
Well, that's the Chrome Zone 24. It makes you immune to BFGs. <laughs> or it may, maybe maybe this was the BFG 8,999. <laughs> <laughs> and they just made a small change in, yeah. in, in, the, in the script for this. Um, it's funny because I think this movie is remembered as this terrible, terrible film. And I might be surprising people here. We'll get our official ratings later. But this movie wasn't terrible. Jason, it just felt boring and underwhelming on the on this second watch. Yeah, I was I had to watch it in parts because I was pretty busy this week uh, sneaking in around to catch it. Uh, the which, first... which, is, which is appropriate because I think 65% of this movie is just Space Marines sneaking around. Yeah, no, definitely. I The first 30 to 40 minutes, maybe the first hour or two hours of this film, they're just so slow, and it's dark. Yeah. So how are you supposed to enjoy or connect? There's a scene from Family Guy where Brian is describing uh, the Blair Witch Project to... You know, a blind person, and he's saying nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Movie's over. Everybody looks pissed, and I think that is a really good <laughs> description of doom for the up until the last, again, five minutes, maybe. I think it's one thing, Jason, if a movie is boring, but. It has a plot that, you know, makes sense and they're introducing interesting themes. Yeah. But again, this movie f- was was boring. It was difficult to see what was going on at times because it was so dark. Like you mentioned, they had the doom filter on. But it was also the fact that I think they tried to sound smarter than the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, with all the science mumbo jumbo and the, the, the this is how this works and these are how the chromosomes. Like, it, it felt... Like a movie that was tr- that knew it wasn't that good, and so it had to, you know, put on airs to appear more deep and 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 more resonant than it actually actually was. Um, I'm gonna refer back to Street Fighter, which again, terrible movie, but it's one that I love, mm. and the reason why I love it is because of Raul Julia. You know, Street yes. Fighter was his last film. He wanted to make it for his kids, and he kind of, I'm pretty sure he was. He, unlike anyone else working on the film, was aware that it was garbage. And so he turned up that charisma. And imagine if we had 25% more rock charisma here, or even 10% more, if he just leaned into it as opposed to playing a boring space marine. It could have been so much more enjoyable. And I think it would have become a cult classic if somebody, somebody... didn't take it as seriously as they did. Yeah, I think the problem is it feels like Rock and Carl Urban are just trying so hard to make this a serious action film. When in reality, it's it's I think it's a disservice to the audience that was coming to this from Doom, you know, the, the video game community. Because like you said, those games have fun in them. And there was no there was no joy. There was no kind of yeah, we know this is kind of crazy, but we're going to have fun with the ride. There was none of that in the movie. So I know that me and past Jason haven't been agreeing too much, <laughs> but I do want to read the last two paragraphs quickly of my review, which I think yes, encapsulates yeah, I, I wanna, what I want to see what past Jason had to say to, to kind of wrap up this, this cinematic experience. 
Okay. Uh, if anything can be said about Doom, it's that the film is like watching someone else play a video game. Mm-hmm. However, even though this game is far from perfect, or at least it's not like Street Fighter, which again, wrong, and that it doesn't make you never want to even consider playing again, you it does make you want to play Doom. And that is an experience that is infinitely superior to this film. So, <laughs> yeah, that is something that I, again, partially agree with past Jason about. Uh, this is like watching other people play. Well, it's, it's not even like watching them play video games. It's like watching cutscenes in a video game up until yeah. that five minutes of FPS. And I will say that there is one thing at the end, or two things at the end, that really bothered me about the credits. Mm. One, uh, they used Nine Inch Nails, which, again, I'm, I was a big fan of Nine Inch Nails until I got mauled at a mosh pit <laughs> of one of their concerts last year. That's another story. <laughs> uh, they used a song that's a different one from the ones they used in the trailer. The one they used in the trailers was Hand That Feeds, which is a pretty good song, but they use um, Don't You Know Who You Are in this one. And it's just, it doesn't fit. It's not mm. good. It's just loud. It, the soundtrack of the movie itself is superior. That's one of their, uh, what's the opposite of a deep cut? It's that. <laughs> the opposite of a deep cut, it's, it's the, the most obvious cut you could yeah. choose. And, and again, this is from someone who uh, is a big Nine Inch Nails fan, or at least was. Uh, and two, during the credits, they have other fp they have cgi fps mm-hmm. which is just horrible and they could have easily gotten doom 3 played that video game over the credits mm. and it would have been so much better and it could have said oh yeah this is where it came from but i don't think they wanted to do that because they didn't want to remind us hey there's a better cinematic experience in Doom <laughs> 3 and you can play it have- on your desktop computer <laughs> yeah yeah so I so, think... so in conclusion, uh, the, the last line yes. at the end of my notes simply says, fuck this. Uh, <laughs> I think that is where I'm going to stand on Doom. <laughs> so I think, you know, kind of summing up thoughts for me is I, I think there was a good idea here. I think the source material is something you could have fun with. Uh, you know, you bring up Street Fighter, which is not a good movie at all. But it knows it's not a good movie. At least Raul Julia does. And we can have fun with it. You know, I'm thinking about another movie which is bad, but I like it because I enjoy some of the performances in it, and that's Blade Trinity. Like, it's it's the worst of the Blade movies, but Ryan Reynolds is having a good time. Parker Posey is having a good time, so I can at least enjoy parts of the movie. Yeah, and Triple H is a Triple H in that movie. If you ever want to take it up in, in Blade Trinity. Yeah, if you ever want to take a sidetrack to the uh, Jean Levesque picture, so I do love vampire movies, so I'm all <laughs> down for that. But yeah, no, I agree. No one had fun in this film. But most importantly, the audience did not have fun. Not even in picking apart the film. I had fun. I want to say that the experience of reviewing this film with you, Nate, has been excellent. So at the very least, there's that when it comes to Doom. So I guess we should thank Dwayne yes. for that. <laughs> like, it, it's very hard to 
make a movie that takes the natural charisma away from Dwayne Johnson, but I guess we have to credit the filmmakers for finding a way to do it. <laughs> they did it. Got it. <laughs> you did it, guys. Mission accomplished. Uh, well, Jason, that's going to bring us to what everybody's been waiting for, and that is the rating for this movie, 2005's Doom. The rating system here on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show goes from one to five. If a movie is a five out of five, it's a great one. It's an all-time classic, best work of Dwayne's career. If it's a four out of five, you know, if it's a movie that's good uh, but not quite great, then that's a four out of five. That's a people's champ. If it's a three out of five, if it's an entertaining film that has holes that you can poke in the plot or something just doesn't quite connect, but you still enjoy it, that's a three out of five. That's a know your role. Now, if a movie is bad, but there's a couple redeeming qualities to it, that is a two out of five, a jabroni joint. And if a movie is terrible without redemption, it cannot be forgiven, that is a one out of five. That is a rock bottom. Okay, um, I'm going to give mine, a the movie, a flex cavana. But uh, if we're going <laughs> to use your system since I'm seeing I'm looking at the chart and I can't find the conversion rate to that so easily I'll just go ahead and give it a, a rock bottom I believe uh, yeah the, the least rock movie I've ever seen of all his rock movies and I've seen it a, a bit uh, even Southland Tales which again I know you have a storied history with that one uh, I I liked I liked him in that one a lot more than I liked him in this one. So yeah, that is my rating. Okay, um, I think this is a movie that is very underwhelming. Like I said, Jason, uh, it wastes the talents of not only Dwayne the Rock Johnson but also uh, Carl Urban, who is a good actor, and Rosamund Pike. Definitely. Uh, the only scene that I really enjoyed was the first person scene, and, and you know, you and I have pointed out. Even though it's a fun scene, it's got flaws. So, it's like, movie, I, even though it's I, fun, it, it, it's got flaws. And, and this movie didn't embrace the fun. And that's, that's I think, the biggest kind of misstep for Doom, yeah. Jason. Yeah, why do people play video games? To have fun. And yep. if you don't play, if you don't go watch a video game movie to have fun, you know, again, going back to Detective Pikachu, it was fine, mm. but it was a fun experience. And it was in tune with the type of fun you're supposed to have. Yeah, I agree. This was none of that. Yeah, and so because of that, uh, I'm going to give this a one out of five as well. It gets a rock bottom for me. I've seen plenty of rock movies myself, Jason, and even in the worst of them, Dwayne Johnson is entertaining. He was not in this. Yeah, so... We need one more rock bottom, and then no opponent will kick out of the three of them. So do you th- let's leave it to the post-wrestling forum to see if they give us that one more rock bottom to win this thrice-in-a-lifetime match against John Cena. Yes, let us, let us head to the post-wrestling forum. You can check that out, uh, where I put up a poll for the listeners, and 14% of the audience gave this a two out of five, a jabroni joint. Uh. 14% of the audience, Jason, gave this a three out of five, a know your role. Uh. 
And I think that is somebody who who either worked on this film or or has stock in uh in the Doom franchise. Yeah, probably. They're trying to <laughs> unload that stock in this the in, with the Nate Milton bump that that's gonna get. And like like I, I don't know why, but this past week we've seen an uptick in people buying Doom on uh on YouTube. Yeah. We had five whole buys this week. <laughs> That's, um, that's more than the last 10 years combined. <laughs> uh, and 72% of the audience made the right choice and gave this a one out of five, a rock bottom. No, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, we got our win back. With yes. That. So Doom is, is officially down for the count. Uh, but let's check out some of the feedback here. We have Michael from Korea, originally from Newfoundland. I watched this movie sometime last year on Netflix. I feel that my vague memory of it is enough to carry me through this review. This movie is awful. It's a garbage movie based on a shoestring story of a video game. I was genuinely surprised that Dwayne turned out to be the heel. As for Carl Urban fans, I recommend 2012's Dread. Uh, Another interesting tidbit is that since I live in Korea, Netflix here has its entire catalog subtitled in Korean. This means that someone or a team of people had to sit down and dissect this piece of trash and hard code the subtitles. Uh, So props to all of the subtitlers out there. Subtitling horrible, horrible garbage TV shows and movies. I gave this movie a two out of five. (laughs) Well, uh, just so everybody knows, dirty jobs take place in more than just, you know, sewers and anything that Mike Rowe would say they do. So, you know, yes. God bless you. Yeah, not, not all heroes wear capes. No. <laughs> some, some have to watch Doom. Uh, Dino, thank you, Nate, for taking one for the team. Never had an interest in this, so I will have to pass. <laughs> 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 hey, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, oh, this is a good question from uh, RTH. Uh, and I'll pose it to you too, Jason. I know my answer, uh, but I'll pose it to you as well. What was worse, WCW Nitro in 2000 or this movie? And I'm going to say Doom was worse by a long shot because at least with WCW, we had cruiserweight matches. I mean, even in you know, WCW 2000, that was Street Fighter level mm. of WCW then. There were, you know, sure, it was terrible, but you could enjoy yourself. If I didn't have to take copious notes on this film, and again, like I said, chatted up with you, Nate, I would not have enjoyed myself watching this film again. And yeah, like I said, I came in when I first started bugging you. Yeah, I, I like this film. I think I think we're gonna have a good argument here. Nope. <laughs> yep, yep. You you you've been pretty uh pretty on board with with my thoughts this entire review. So I I think, uh, you know, again, credit to Doom for. For uh, you know, taking the fight out of you, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I guess after you watch this, you wanted to be like, uh, who's the religious marine again? It was Goat. Goat, you wanted to be like Goat and smash your head against the 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 iPad monitor. <laughs> I'm just gonna like load up Doom, the video games, and just like continue to die <laughs> in many different ways. Ways. Uh, our next piece of feedback comes from Martin from Montreal. I remember seeing the premiere of this movie in 2005 and being super excited about being able to see this in the theaters before its official release two days later. 
Sadly, I was really disappointed when I when I came out of the theater because of how awful this movie was to the point that I never saw the movie again after that. But on the bright side, I didn't pay to see it. So there's that. Yeah, they like walked out of the theater and like, oh, man, I can't believe that sucked. And can you believe that The Rock was the bad guy all along? And they look around and no one complains about the spoiler. Yeah. Like, oh, thank, thank you for saving me uh, two hours. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, G-Nuts from Parts Unknown. I kind of love the campy dialogue and delivery. I would have marked out huge if this movie was released on home video on a series of floppy disks. Uh, but the worst part is Rock uses the BFG twice and misses. Nate, what's your favorite floppy disk size? I'm a 3.5 3. inch my man myself. This is two versions better than Quake out of five. So he gives it a two out of five. And that is the feedback from the post-wrestling forum. So, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're all pretty much in agreement here. Jason, that this uh this was not a good movie. No, um, so in the original Doom, you could taking on the floppy. You know, you get the first episode of the series, and then if you wanna if you want it, you just send the money, and they'll send you the rest, or they'll unlock it. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna keep this shareware demo locked and <laughs> firmly in our dad's computer desk. Never play it again. Maybe even uh delete the file and reuse it to put some other some better doom film on it this was this was not a good movie at all but but i will say i had fun talking to you about it this week you know you were you were the man that stepped up when 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 nobody else would to to take on this this task of reviewing doom it was my pleasure i mean i had a great time and yeah from, from now on i can look back at the film doom not as someone who was eternally disappointed, but as someone who got the chance to just really talk a whole bunch of crap about it on the internet, which really isn't that what the internet is for. That is what, what the internet is for, and it is also for self-promotion. So that it brings us to our props and plugs portion of the show. I want to give a shout-out to Austin James Graphic Designs for designing the wonderful logo and artwork that you see each and every uh, episode on the Rocky Mavia Picture Show. I want to give a shout-out to Braden Harrington for the theme that you hear each and every episode here on the Rocky Mavia Picture Show. And, of course, I want to thank Brother Jason Chopper for coming to the theater this week. Jason, do you, do you have anything to promote? Any, uh, you know, 14-year-old uh, essays about movies that you want the people to read or, or uh, any social media links? Go ahead and uh, the, the floor is yours, brother. Well, if you want to follow me on Twitter and get my various hot takes on whatever seems to bug me at the time, uh, I'm at Jason Chapa, which is spelled C-H-A-P-A on the Twitter. And yeah, you know, follow me. I post a whole bunch of nerd stuff. And I promise I will not talk about Doom 2005 ever again after this. I think I've had my fill of this film. I mean, to be fair, though, you got to get ready for next year for, for the Doom reboot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm already. I'm already mentally preparing. For okay, that. real quick before we get out of here, what current wrestler on the WWE roster? If let's say this is a shot-for-shot shot remake of of 20, 2005's Doom, what wrestler would you put in the Rock role? Mm, Roman Reigns. Why not? Let's go. Let Let's do it. You know what? I can't think of a better answer. That's that's a brilliant answer. Roman Reigns would be 
The Rock in he could be uh, Sarge's little brother. <laughs> Surge. Surge, yeah. <laughs> 14 years ago, something happened to my brother. I got to find out what happened. Oh. <laughs> I think we, we've already made Doom the, the, the 2020 or whenever this thing comes out. We've made it better than the original just by having that little piece in there. Yeah, probably. Just Roman Reigns and the Usos. It'd be like the, the the family of Space Marines going to find out what happened to their brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're. I'm going on Fandango right now and buying my ticket. Yeah. Uh, who who needs uh, who needs Endgame? This is gonna be the the biggest blockbuster in the history of blockbusters. Yep. <laughs> Roman Reigns. Jimmy and Jay Uso and Lars Sullivan for some reason. <laughs> oh, oh, we know the reason. We know the reason. <laughs> oh, that, that movie is truly doomed. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Uh, check out the Kings of Sport. It's another podcast I do with Marcus Vandenberg from Yahoo Sports. Uh, it's uh, sports, pop culture wrestling politics we talk about everything going on in the world and uh we are getting close maybe even by the time you listen to this we will have passed our 250th episode so uh appreciate everybody that's been listening to kings of sport for the last uh five or six years uh you can also check out the patreon cosplay uh, or patreon.com backslash kings of sport uh you can subscribe there we got a lot of great stuff for you to check out uh be sure to check me out each month here on the rocky mile via picture show at Post Wrestling, of course. Shout out to John and Way and all the, the good work they do here on the Post Wrestling Network. And finally, uh, for those of you that may know, I am a licensed insurance agent. So if you're out there and you're looking, you know, to take control of your finances, home insurance, car insurance, stocks, bonds, annuities, if you're looking for stuff like that, give me a call. Uh, because if I can't help you, someone else on my team can help you. And I can be your BFG your big financial guru. Huh? Yeah, that's great. Do, nope. do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this week here on the Rocky Mountain View Picture Show. Be sure to check us out next time as we take a look at 2006's Southland Tales. I cannot wait for that one. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story of the journey down the road not taken. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. These are the sordid tales of how it all came crashing down. is an epic Los Angeles crime saga. And you're researching your role? Yes, it takes place in the near future. Scientists are saying the future is going to be far more futuristic than they originally predicted. You're gonna have to wear a bulletproof vest. Let's talk about your phone. What's it really about? Don't look so scared, Mr. Santeros. The future is just like you imagine.
must be hiding it. It's like the nervous breakdown of the century. Nothing that a killer, a porn star, and a tattoo parlor can't handle. <laughs> All right, so there you just got a little preview of Southland Tales. Jason, it's going to be a fun episode. Brian Mann is coming back into the theater to talk about this movie. Uh, and then we'll see. Will it be a better or worse movie than Doom? I have no idea. Yeah, can't, can't wait for that. Can't wait to listen to that one. Going to sit back and see if how many Doom-like emotions are evoked with it. I, I really feel like right now I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death of Dwayne Johnson's movie career. But, but pretty soon we'll be back. We'll be back uh, to the peaks. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Dwayne Johnson to come into this podcast and, and lift me up like at the very end of Doom where Carl Urban brings his sister up in the elevator. Yeah. Just, just nestle me in your arms, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't we all want that? I think that is. That's a universal feeling. So, mm-hmm. uh, once again, thanks to Brother Jason Chapa for sitting in on the review this week. Thanks to you for listening to this, this week's edition of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. And we'll check you back here on Post Wrestling next month for our review of Southland Tales. So, for Jason, for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for the nameless Space Marines, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. And as always, remember, Nubian eyes are watching. on out of here. No!